This is awesome. Oh, fuck. Hey. Good to see you among the living, man. Check it out. It's the latest talent mix. Thanks, Pete. Good to see you all among the living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of The Talon Mix. It is a Smallville recap podcast that doesn't give a shit if you've actually seen Smallville. <laughs> I'm Brian, here as always with my pal, Zach. What's going on, man? Oh, man. Um, just getting ready to hear your song about grooming for this episode that we're recapping. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get that one on deck. I haven't quite programmed it into the recorder. <laughs> I mean, not that's not a great way to start a podcast. But, no, uh, no, it's this not. Is the mo- this is the most blatant uh, moment of Lex grooming we've had yet. I think. Oh, good. And you know, we're of course the most equipped, the most equipped people <laughs> on the internet to just really dig into the complexities and problematic you know, nature of that. We're not actually going to dig in. We're just going to go, oh, <laughs> yikes. I feel like that's another sound cue we need queued up. We're just, Ugh. oh, no, Smallville, no. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, of course, we watched Talisman. Uh, let's see. This is uh, the 20th episode of the third season. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute because, man, we got fucking movies to talk about. We, we do. Have- it is It is spooky season. It is spooky season, which is um, one of my... I'm a big horror guy. I'm a big Halloween guy, which means, fuck, I have... Oh fuck! I could fill I could fill the ninety minutes we usually do easily with just movie talk. Uh, I mean, some would say that's the podcast we should have done, but we chose Smallville. We're, and we're sticking with this till we're fucking done. We're with committed Smallville. to doing Smallville, but have we texted slight regrets? <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, we've made it farther than most other Smallville podcasts do. Not all, not all. Other, Always hold on. Sure? It's still going. Always hold on. Is still holding on. Wait, there's a podcast called Always Hold On? (laughs) Always Hold On to Smallville. (laughs) Wait, how far are they? They're in season seven. Oh, those motherfuckers. I I need to do some opposition research. I never listened to it. Do they have car crash of the episode? Uh, They they keep track of a lot of things. They, in fact, put in the show notes. They keep their tally in the show notes. Not all the same stuff. Not all the same stuff. But Um, do they talk about... Doctor Strange. I, that's I mean, that's where we got him. <laughs> that's where we'll got. That's where we got him. Uh, well, we should uh, we should uh, invite them on. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yes, they should come on to our show. Yes, that's the way it should work. Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but so there's a there's a big movie we're gonna want to talk about. But uh, we'll we'll get to that kind of. That'll be an individual segment. Halloween Ends sure. uh, came out this yeah. past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, I would say, both big fans of the Halloween franchise of films. So we're, we have opinions. We're big, we're big fans while simultaneously, I think, both agreeing that most of them aren't very good. Like, it's I, a weird... Like, I like... <laughs> I, I'm happy when a Halloween movie's on my TV. Does that make sense? Right. Like right, I'm having yeah. a good time when Halloween's on but, my TV. But half of them, it's not like you're arguing like they're <laughs> right. great cinema with somebody. Absolutely. And I, neither am I. It's 100%. just like it's Halloween. I want to see I want to see fall leaves. I want to hear that 
that Halloween score, and I want to see Michael Myers. If go. Michael, I can only complain personally. I can only complain so much when Michael Myers is on my TV. Like I'm yeah. having, a, I'm having a good time. <laughs> um, and you can't complain at all if he's getting kicked through the air by Buster Rhymes. It's oh man, and it's like I made my. <laughs> We'll have to get into that, but uh, I made my wife watch Halloween Resurrection before. Wait, we you're still Halloween married? Ends. Are you still married <laughs> after that? I will say we watched it in the afternoon. Like we watched sometimes stuff over lunch where we both like have our laptops open, and she seemed particularly focused on work. <laughs> I was going to say, not just your wife, your pregnant wife, my pregnant wife. You made watch. Uh huh. This. <laughs> uh-huh. Um I did bill I did bill it as uh so my wife is a big America's Next Top Model fan. And uh I did bill it as starring Tyra Banks. Uh oh which did God. get her like, all right, throw it on. <laughs> like you you did you made her watch the worst Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I throw it in one of the worst movies, period. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, one of those things. It's really not good in a way no. that is, and oh man, it's not even aggressive. aggressively. Not I said good. we'd get into it later. Let's just get into it now. It's not <laughs> even like fun bad. the The last half hour is fun bad. When Buster Rhymes busts in her room, says "trick or treat, motherfucker." It's fun bad. <laughs> yeah, let's go. But let's uh, go. <laughs> and when Actually, Buster. Brian, I don't know if I made it that far. I don't think I got to the fun part. It's so... It, the problem is it's, like, real bad movie problem where, like, it's really fucking droll and, like, by the numbers fucking crap. Right, um, right. But the last half... It's Buster Rhymes busts and goes, trick or treat, motherfucker, and then drop kicks Michael Myers through a window. And, it, and then afterwards, afterwards... Uh, lectures a news crew that Michael Myers is not a soundbite. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, I'm listen. There's fun stuff in the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the last half hour tonight. I'm it's gonna, no fully, uh... fully watch watch the first ten minutes with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I've seen that. Watch enough of the actual like setup of the movie. Probably another fifteen minutes to get the setup, seen and that. then. Yep. I won't say skip over entirely. Watch on like 16x speed. Stop if some if something looks funny, it's probably funny and you can watch it. <laughs> Brian, you just need to make a supercut of this what I should watch. I think it, I movie. think that I could definitely do that for you. <laughs> How long would it be? 20 25 minutes? 25 minutes, I think max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Halloween ends or the Halloween Resurrection Brian cut is really succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Brian cut. Yes. You should just do the Halloween franchise, Brian Cut. It would be what, five hours, maybe? Yeah, you can get that done. It's it yeah. what, what's the actual Halloween supercut? I mean, you need the first one. Well, no, you should just watch the first one. Right. You don't yeah, need exactly. the super- yeah. <laughs> it would be a supercut of this the rest. Right, 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 right. So, the first one's a real movie. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. I liked I'll get into Halloween 3 shortly because I watched it this week. That's a whole different thing. We'll whole talk. different thing. I've never seen it. <laughs> yep. Well, we're going to talk about that. Um, and then, um, ah, fuck. I don't know what my supercut is. I was going to riff. <laughs> I mean, it would be definitely chunks of 2 are good. I don't think 2 is good overall, but chunks of it 
Right. It feels carpentery. It's funny the that... amount of like the discussion around like modern Halloween of like people talking like there there are arguably two good movies. And I know you're not as big a fan as the 2018 one as I am. Uh but like there there's one definitively good movie. Two right. arguably one, good ones. No, one great movie. And I, I turned around on Halloween 2018 last time I watched it. I'm I'm firmly in the it's a good movie category. First time going in, I was like, I wanted it to be John Carpenter Halloween sure, style. Sure. And it wasn't. And no. I, I still have issues with it. But it, judging it on its own terms, it is. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a solid B. So, yeah, I would agree with you. It's and like, I, I'd agree that it's a B, you know? <laughs> right. Two and, a, two and a half good movie. I think H2O is pretty good for stretches. H2O is fun. Um, I, you know, kind of similarly of like, I can make problems with H2O, but like, it's fun. It's fun to throw right. on. Um, uh, four, four is good. Four is good. <laughs> four is, four is like the Friday the 13th version of Halloween. Exactly. Four is the it's basically a T if, if they remade the first one as a TV movie is what it feels like. That's but exactly what it movie. is. Yeah. A right. good TV movie. Right. right. Um, it's, it's very much, it's, it's like a force awakens almost remake of <laughs> right. Halloween, but by less talented people, but it's still fun. It's still got all the Halloween beats. If you it's caught, got, if you caught Halloween four on TV halfway through, you'd watch the rest. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> and it's got it's got Donald Pleasance like just going for it, man. Donald just Pleasance like, is really what miss is what is missing from the David Gordon Green trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I mean, I'm glad they didn't do a Grand Moff Tarkin CGI situation. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, they did in the second movie. They oh right, did. they did. <laughs> Oh wait, that was uh, that was I think it was the practical effect actually. Oh really? It was a map. Yeah, interesting. I, I think I remember reading that, but um, that wasn't that wasn't good. But um, yeah, the supercut. I you skip five. I don't even five and six. You five. literally don't even don't even have to. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them both. You don't. You just don't. There's nothing in them that you need to watch. People. Yeah. People think there's a. So there's a producer's cut, not a director's cut. A producer's cut of Halloween Six. I was like, oh, that's better. It's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> They're both bad. They're both trash. That. I feel like that's the case with a lot of mm-hmm. director's cuts, where people are like it's better. Mm-hmm. And you're like it's longer. <laughs> it's longer. Right. Like some of the blanks are filled in, but Um, I, um, I think Ridley Scott has talked about like alien and like a director's cut of alien. And like, he has specified that, uh, no, the theatrical cut is the director's cut. The director's cut is to sell DVDs. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's gotta be the all time champ of director's cuts. I with Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner and uh, Kingdom of Heaven. He has a director. Kingdom cut. of Heaven. I've heard is significant. I've never seen. I haven't seen either cut. I do believe Kingdom of Heaven. The director's cut is significantly better than what hit theaters. So I have seen both. Okay. Um, I don't think it's significantly better, but it is like a whole different movie because they Got cut it. out 40, 45 fucking minutes of that movie. 
there's whole storylines that are that are good that got deleted. Got it. I like the direct the theatrical cut. It's just it's like a two hour. Got it. Movie. Um, the, but yeah, we've talked um, we've talked Blade Runner. We've we've gone on record about Blade Runner. Um, yeah. Have you? I've never seen the theatrical cut. No, me neither. But I have seen I've seen documentaries about Blade Runner where they show the the narration <laughs> clips. That that is what I understand is the major difference is Harrison Ford does have voiceover narration in the theatrical cut and yeah. ooh thumbs down not good you know I've heard rumor is he he Ridley didn't want narration he and Ford didn't want narration so he purposely did it shitty so that <laughs> so that they wouldn't use it but they ended up fucking using it anyway. It's I don't I don't like Blade Runner already. Once again, we were we're kind of on on record about that but the Um, one thing the the theatrical has going for it is it doesn't have the decor as a robot stuff in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like that was added for the director's cut it's not really there for the theatrical and i don't think it makes sense and i know people some people love it but i don't think that makes any sense at all for the story it it also like doesn't go anywhere in any interest i remember that frustrating me about it in high school not knowing the the radical differences in the cuts uh, that frustrated me when I when I saw that director's cut as my first experience with it, because um, it doesn't. It's nothing. It's nothing. No. Well, the whole point of the movie is that this human who's assigned to kill these robots learns that the robots have more humanity than him. That right. message doesn't exist if he's also a fucking robot. <laughs> right. Stupid. Fuck Blade Runner. Fuck Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner. Hot take. I, fuck, fuck, fuck. No, actually, actually, I know someone listening to this like Blade Runner's brilliant. No, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my um, god. Uh, we were talking about Halloween. 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 Um, we're just going to Halloween ends now, Brian. Let's just. I guess we're gonna. I guess I have a couple other movies I want to talk about, but okay. yeah, let's do it. Go. Okay, okay. Either way, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna hit a couple movies real fast. Um, uh, my wife and I went to the um, Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. Uh, oh hell yeah. This past weekend, which is uh, a lot. Of, we only saw one movie uh, at it, but um, she's pregnant. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Make her watch Halloween Resurrection. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we saw Run Sweetheart Run, uh, which was a, uh, buzzy horror movie out of Sundance 2020. (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happened was like, it was supposed to come out March or yeah, it was filmed in 2019, 2020. It debuted Sundance. It was one of the last, I believe, or Sundance's last event before shutting down. I believe it was supposed to come out March 2020. Universal kind of scrapped it. Um, it's a Blumhouse production. Um, and Blumhouse, famously, their whole thing is like, you get your budget. Uh, and when you come back later and we're like, hey, we could use a little more money to like fix this part, Blumhouse is like, nope, you got, you had your money. Right, um, which is how they've been like, so successful. They also are kind of like do whatever the fuck you want. Right? Do whatever the you're gonna have a little bit of money. You're gonna you're it's gonna yeah. be cheap. You can do whatever the you fuck can you do want. Whatever you want, but don't but come back later when you say it doesn't yeah. work. 
Yeah. Because they they kind of, their whole business model and why they've been so successful is uh, they don't subscribe to like the sunk cost fallacy of like let's keep sinking money into a no. movie to fix it. Yeah. It's no. let's get a get out uh, from like Jordan Peele. Then we'll, that'll bankroll the entire next year. Let's make thirty right. movies, one of which and is great. So smart because rather than sink money into them, they're like, "We'll just advertise the fuck out of it." Right. And the horror people will show up in February because there's nothing else out. <laughs> right. It's a or March. It's they're truly notably a phenomenal house. Not for the quality. There's a lot of crap from Blumhouse. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, the stuff you generally, there's a ton of stuff you've also never heard about because they just, they bury it. It didn't work. Um, but like the stuff that works pays for the stuff that didn't. Um, so this was one of theirs. Um, but, uh, when universal and like dropped it, Amazon picked it up, uh, and Amazon paid for a bunch of reshoots. Uh, oh, to really? kind of change a handful of things. Uh, were those for the better? I don't know. Uh, run, <laughs> run, sweetheart, run is uh, this woman gets set up on this uh, business dinner that maybe turns into a date. Uh, the uh, the guy that she uh, she we see her go inside uh, with him. And then he turns, and uh, we see her running from him for the rest of the movie. And then maybe there are some supernatural elements uh, involved in that, and she realizes she's way in over her head. A fun, high-concept genre premise that, ooh, doesn't quite work. Oh, uh, uh, run. What's it called? Run? Run, sweetheart, run. It comes out uh, on Amazon Prime, I believe, October 28th. Um, Interesting. And uh, I'm extremely curious about the original Sundance cut. Uh, Because what I'm hearing about the differences, the differences really highlight some of the issues I had with the movie, uh, which are, it's a very Blumhouse. The house, you know, we we made Get Out. Uh, right. very, it can't quite reconcile being capital I important social commentary over being a fun genre movie. Um, yeah. and to the point where like, you're kind of rolling your eyes on it. And I, I, um, I'm, I'm walking, I'm kind of, I'm kind of walking on eggshells. Cause I also understand I, I'm a white man, uh, who has not experienced the things a black woman has by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but man, there is something to when, uh, the characters in your movie are just mouthpieces for theme and they're just explaining the theme to you. And it's like, no, I, I get it. (laughs) I I get what you're going for. I I wish you would, you would make me feel things through story, but characters are like literally turning to the screen and explaining the uh, theme to me. (laughs) Oddly enough, we can circle back to that point when we talk about halloween ends a little bit i think (laughs) i think halloween ends is guilty of the same uh, similar things my my wife and i were talking about this as we were talking about how frustrated we were with it and we were kind of breaking down why were we okay with similar sins in halloween ends (laughs) 
that we weren't okay with in Run Sweetheart Run. And uh, maybe part of that is a little bit of like Halloween Ends still has a little like extra pointy bits that hadn't been like filed off by Amazon. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, there's a lot of meat on the bone of uh, and fat on the bone in Halloween Ends. It's like a lot. There's a lot there. Right. Not all of it is good or works, but there's a lot there. Right. Um, the other movie I wanted to tell you, so I, I, I think Run, Sweetheart, Run is interesting to see. If you're interested in it, I think you should see it. I think you should watch it. I really didn't like it, but maybe you'll have a different perspective on it, and we can talk about it on the Discord. Did we mention we have a Discord? Talamix.show. <laughs> uh, the other movie I wanted to talk about, a complete 180, um was uh have you heard of terrifier 2 i just heard about it today on that podcast i was listening where they talked about all the great horror movies that came out this year and they listed dr strange sorry open the vault (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) oh no (laughs) don't let rise of skywalker out no no that doesn't come out logan stays in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 is not a horror movie. Fuck you. Yeah, put it back again. There we Beep go. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I heard it's a crowdfunded sequel to a very little seen movie. Is that right? Uh, yes. I have not seen Terrifier 2, but I did in my curiosity of Terrifier 2, uh, which is, uh, Terrifier 2 is in theaters right now. Um, it is has current it's i think it's in like 500 theaters right now purely by word of mouth has made like 2 million 2.5 million dollars on a $250,000 budget. Oh, fucking good for those people. Right? <laughs> just it had no marketing budget. It was just word of mouth. Oh, it's um, playing at a theater right across the street from me. It's so I so I hadn't I I'd maybe seen the title Terrifier. I think I'd seen the cover. Um but I hadn't watched it and I finally did today. Uh and boy I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Isn't it just brutal gross? It's stuff. Yeah. Incredibly brutal. Uh it is exa- so my mother-in-law hates horror hates horror like kind of like my wife was on the phone with her and uh was like oh we're gonna we're 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 making nachos we're gonna watch halloween ends tonight and like apparently her reaction was like why are you spending your time with that crap (laughs) the baby can hear that (laughs) terrifier in a kind of charming way is exactly what like my mother-in-law fears horror movies are. <laughs> it's like totally, yep. worst okay. case scenario, absolute bottom of the barrel, trash, poor taste, sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> like it's unambiguously, it's in bad taste. It is a bad it felt dirty to what my the joke i made was like i'm 34 and it felt like my mom wouldn't let me watch this movie (laughs) (laughs) um it's brian we just need to do a kickstarter and just one up them with grossness there you go make up i don't make i maybe don't know if i'd have that in me (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. For it's, sure, there yeah. is. I love some crap. This is like I was like hands on my like sides of my face. Like, oh my god, this is. Whew. And like, Wait, this is Terrifier One. This is Terrifier about. One. Um, now oh, I will say, uh, ter- what's that? Before they got a budget, now it's gonna which, be like... which keep in mind was like their their budget for Terrifier Two is two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars, and Terrifier One's way cheaper. Now keep in mind, like I will say, I didn't, I liked, I enjoyed watching the movie. I like see it's it is a movie that's like, yo, you want to see something fucked up? I'm like, yeah, I do, uh, and it delivers it delivers on that. That said, it's an eighty four minute movie that primarily gets by on shock value, and like when you don't have an interesting story or interesting character to hang your hat on 84 minutes feels long <laughs> it does and like it you're does. just kind of like well what's the next fucked up thing you're gonna show me and like the major fucked up set piece is about halfway through the movie and it's like well you kind of could have like you don't you didn't top the big one <laughs> right um that's sometimes like a james bond movie where like the big the big huge set piece happens and then you still have 30 minutes that's kind of that's kind of what the movie is and um it's all practical it's all real cheap really inventive practical effects um i think if you're into just being provoked it's a very provocative movie um i enjoyed my time with it i think if you're set i i'm gonna i'm gonna blanket statement i'm gonna blanket statement this one but I can't, anyone whose name I know who listens to this show, I do not recommend Terrifier to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to watch it. I, do, I don't think you would like it. I, do, I don't no, think you would enjoy your time with it. I don't um, think I would either. I don't uh, like, like the, the gore is not why I watch horror movies. I can deal with a certain amount. Yeah. And sometimes I, if it's like silly, I enjoy it for a second, but I couldn't do a whole movie of disgusting shit. I'm, it's, I'm just, I, I enjoy a certain element of like hand to my mouth, like that's fucked up. And like, this is a whole movie of like, that is so fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> I, you know, my wife and I are usually uh, like very much on the same page. Like we are uh, very into provocative art. Uh, and uh, I, I stepped out of, I stepped out of the room, and I was like, I don't, I don't think you'll like this one. And she's like, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I haven't seen Terrifier two yet. I'm a little nervous. The Terrifier two is two and a half hours long. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> it's t- no, Brian. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's fucking insane. Yup. Okay. Maybe they have a story this time. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's people seem to like it. Um, it's I, I think it's so hours is so long for a horror movie. It's so long for any movie, let alone just like a splatter fucking house movie. Um, yeah. I I give a hesitant recommendation to the original Terrifier if you want to see something fucked up. <laughs> It's it's a fucked up movie. It's a fucked up movie, dude. Uh, <laughs> but I think if you like being provoked, if you want to go interesting, interesting choice, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think you'll do that exact reaction a lot yeah. of times. Oh my gosh! It's it's 
my wife and I have joked about how horror movies frequently aren't as bad as they are in your imagination, especially like I know a handful of horror babies. I don't know if you do as well. Uh, people who just like won't watch horror movies of like, is it scary? No, I don't do it. Yeah. Um, and it's frequently, it almost always like never as bad as it is in your imagination. Terrified or is <laughs> <laughs> it's oppressive. <laughs> oh man. This, this is the strangest recommendation I've ever heard. In my life. I'm not. This recommend- movie is oppressive. You should see it. I'm not. Rec- I'm actually not recommending it. I'm just saying I enjoyed my time with it. <laughs> I'm just saying I am depraved. <laughs> and if it's, you are too, you might also enjoy this movie. It's uh, my favorite. My favorite Letterboxd review was: "This movie is for perverts, and I am a pervert." <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> So ter- uh, I haven't seen Terrifier 2 yet. I probably will not get a chance to see it in theaters. Uh, but man, that sounds like the way to go. <laughs> uh, two and a half hours, Brian. Two and a half hours. That's the thing. When a movie's long, I'd rather see it in a theater. I don't know if you, you go the same. Like, I, sometimes I think I need to be kind of like in it. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it depends how long. Like The Irishman, I was not going to watch that in the theater. That was four hours long. Uh, Right. It's like, but like when a movie's really long and I'm on my couch, boom, my phone comes out and like. Right. Yeah, that's true. um, When I'm in a theater, like, nope, you just, you, you chose, you paid to sit with this and like. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Totally. So generally a long, boring movie I prefer to see in the theater. Uh, That said, I don't think Terrifier is going to be boring. (laughs) <laughs> except except for the fact that you could get desensitized to it because once again at least in that original movie uh it is desensitizing uh but i don't know those are the movies i wanted to talk about okay i'm gonna roll through mine here this week i continued my spooky movie watch i watched halloween three season of the witch um Brian, I think this might be the second best Halloween movie. Man, I it's interesting. I of like I, I haven't seen it. Um, there's a lot of conversation around like actually it's pretty good. Eh, people didn't understand it, but it's still not pretty good. You're you're in the it's a good movie camp. Yeah, I don't think it's a great movie, but it's a good movie. It's it's the same cinematographer that John Carpenter used in Halloween and Halloween two. And the thing like great, it looks like a John Carpenter movie. He mm. did the score John Carpenter. It sounds like a John Carpenter movie. Uh, he didn't direct it or write it, but it's definitely that vibe, which I love. Um, it's hard to talk about. I don't without ruining some of the, I'm not great, worried about it, but uh... I know, but I, I want you to experience these moments. You, for your yourself when you see it there are a couple like like basically there's this weird conspiracy you don't know what's going on and then when you find out what's going on it's like absurd obviously but it's also really disturbing okay there's one moment where you're like oh no they're going there <laughs> like it's a, it's really stupid if you think about it like in realistic terms it's stupid but you shouldn't do that you just experience it as a paranoid thriller horror movie. I think you. I think you're gonna dig it. I think you're gonna. Dig I, I want to check it out. I do. It has nothing to do with Halloween. I mean, in this movie, they Halloween the movie is playing on TV. I knew that. Yeah. In several points. Yeah. But um, 
I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was solid. Solid B. Um, I think if if it had been the second Halloween movie, I think we would have gotten a lot more standalone Halloween movies. Which man should have been the case? Should have been yeah. the case. And then you can bring Michael Myers out once in a while, and it'll you be could a have special done. T- thing. You still, you still could have done twenty eighteen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and eight two zero. Yeah. All of that would have been fine. <laughs> um. Then I watched a movie called Werewolves Within. Uh, that is, um, Sam Richardson's in that. Yep. I yep. haven't seen it. My wife, my wife watched it on a plane, but I didn't see it. Um, the director of that, um, is an old college humor guy. Um, oh, cool. Uh, God, what's his name? It's Josh. Um, God, what is his name? Uh, I am desperately Googling. Josh Rubin, uh, is an old college humor guy. Um, I liked his debut. Sorry, that was a lot for me to say. I liked the movie he made before. Um, Let's see. He made a movie where uh, it was him in a cabin uh, with a woman. They lose power. Oh, it was called Scare Me. It's from 2020. Uh, I think it may have been on Shudder. Oh, cool. And it was he and a woman uh, are kind of stuck in a cabin. Uh, Power goes out. And they're telling each other spooky stories. Uh, And it's a movie that does... A lot with a little of they're kind of just in this cabins freaking each other out. Uh, but the way that I don't know, there's a lot of directorial flourishes that I think uh, make Josh Rubin a, a guy to watch. Uh, yeah, I thought it was solid. I, I enjoyed my my time watching the movie. The two leads were fantastic. Um, Sam Richardson, Richardson is one of them. Uh, yes. And who, then the the woman from the AT&T commercials. Oh, God. The, yeah, I don't know her name, but yeah. She's fantastic in it also. Those two are great. Um, yeah, I liked, the, I liked the first half more than the second half, but it's it's not bad. I felt I mean, the same fun, as his debut. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun it's a fun watch. It's like a good throw it on. Um, that's um, exactly then, what Emily said about it when she watched it on a plane. <laughs> perfect. And then I watched Halloween Ends, which we'll get back to. And then I watched uh, the the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Have you heard of this? No. It's a werewolf movie. Uh, I think it came out last year. It's on Amazon. It's just a cop uh, investigating a series of murders that might be a werewolf, might not be a werewolf. Um, it's like a comedy horror drama it's like a dramedy horror it's an interesting hybrid but uh i recommend it i thought it was good and then today i watched which i had never seen before the exorcist three wow i know i've only seen the exorcist i've only seen the original movie i think you would dig the exorcist three interesting it's got a lot of stuff that i think brian would appreciate including weird touches just like bizarre choices but it does feel tonally like an exorcist movie whereas the second one which i watched parts of uh last year does not it was just like this real weird aberration is three the one that william peter blatty the author of exorcist directed yes yep okay i love george c scott in it and wow dialed up to 11 brian you don't understand he's like shouting most of his lines but uh yeah it was solid it has 
a fantastic jump scare in it. Okay. Um, it's actually often cited as the greatest jump scare of all time. Shit. I don't know what it could um, be. So I heard, I heard that before I saw the movie, I didn't know what the jump scare was, but I'd heard it has the greatest. So I was waiting the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime there was a, anytime there was a scene where you're like, Oh, are they, they're building it up for a jump scare. So that just made the experience much more stressful because I was ready to be jolted the entire time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do um, want to, I, I am interested in it uh, specifically because I am not a, and I, you could probably get, I'm not a, the book is always better like person that, you right. know, especially as like movies are the main art form I'm interested in. Um, but, but, and I, I love, I love the exorcist. I, you know, it's a William fucking freaking. It's a great movie. Ooh, yeah. I love that book. Oh, Here, really? Oh, the book is really good. Well, the the uh, Exorcist three is a he wrote the book first. It's a um, it was a book called Legion that was a right. To I the did Exorcist. know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think he originally he was he came up with the concept for Friedkin was going to direct another Exorcist, and then he dropped out. He's like, I'll write it as a book, and then the book was a hit, and then they got it. Just made it as a movie. Um, highly, 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 highly recommend, uh, the Exorcist audiobook that, uh, Blatty reads himself. Oh, I don't always, I don't always love when the author reads their own audiobook. I don't always like it. Oh Uh, man, I had a Stephen King audiobook and he read his own introduction and I was like, Oh, I hope he's not doing the whole thing. He wasn't. Yep. Um, but uh, Blatty reading The Exorcist is massively good. It was full. Oh, really? uh, I remember like listening to it like in the evening and like having to turn some lights on, <laughs> <laughs> which is what you want, right? When you're reading The Exorcist. Yeah, totally. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's it for the non-Halloween end stuff that I watched. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break and then... Uh, Halloween ends, and then eventually Smallville. <laughs> and we're back, and uh, I guess we're here for the, uh, not not the main event. Smallville is still the main event. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. Uh, oh, whatever. Like, man, the big movie came out. Big movie came out. Uh, people can skip it. They can just skip it. They can find the Smallville stuff. Uh, but uh, I guess we're ready to talk about David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends. Uh, the uh, <laughs> It's hard taking press seriously when they talk about it as the end to the Halloween franchise. <laughs> like there's not going to be another one. And you're saying, I'm saying five years. You're saying three, right? I'm saying under five. Yeah, yeah. under five. <laughs> Absolutely. The only thing that might push it longer is if they're like, how do we figure out how to do three of these at once? I So I think what's next is a bidding war. I think so. Basically, Blumhouse did had a three picture deal. The rights are reverting to the producer who owns it. Um, Mustafa Akkad had it for a long time. He's passed away. His son now owns it. And yeah. I, his move is... I mean, if you own Halloween, the idea is go to a bidding war of like, who wants it, baby? Who wants yeah, to make totally. the next movie, baby? Yeah. <laughs> so it is the end of the David Gordon Green um, trilogy. This current continuity, it is the end. Yes. That I will say yep. has gone on two movies too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, should they go back to the old continuity now just to fuck with people? It would be just fun. Like... <laughs> 
it would be fun if every single Halloween movie you had to double check which oh see this one yeah. takes <laughs> Lori's, this is in the Kelvin timeline Laurie's his sister again <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this is oh no no this is Halloween 3 2 yeah <laughs> Someone should just make a Halloween three sequel. <laughs> oh, that's our Kickstarter right there. There you Let's go. go. Um, um, no, so there's there's three timelines, right? So there's the original six movies, and then there's the we accept one, two, Halloween H two O, and Halloween Resurrection. H two O is a lit. I you know it's like we weren't in full like reboot wasn't a word yet. I think they were a little fuzzy on it. Of like yes, well because because she's supposed to be dead in the other timeline, and right. in that one she fakes her death. Right, and it's it takes place I think in California. Like it's it's yeah. enough that you can squint, but like we're not acknowledging four, five, six. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Rob Zombie. I mean, mate, do we just give Rob Zombie another whack at this? I mean, yeah, why not? Trilogy. <laughs> I, I think my overall. Have you seen both Rob Zombie movies? Yes. Oh yeah. I think my overall thing of them is positive. I so I like uh, like is a strong word. You, you like is an extremely loaded word. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate the first one. And then I saw the second one, and I, like an idiot, was expecting him to make a Halloween movie. Yeah, he no. Made a Rob Zombie movie. And so I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen that one since theaters. I need to rewatch it with that in mind of just like, just take this thing for what it is and don't. It's, I, I, I've watched it twice now. Uh, and uh, this is this is uh, Halloween Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, and like I said, I don't think it's a good movie because I don't think Rob Zombie's a good filmmaker. I'm not saying it's good, but I have had a very I'm like listen. I just I know this is douchey. I'm interested in film, and like movies interest me, and it is one of those movies that's interesting to like cross your arms and go interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Bold choice, Mr. Choice. Zombie. Mr. Zombie has made a series of bold choices, and it's interesting <laughs> to and like if I guess this is a broad this is a douchey opinion, but if I've spent this much time talking about it or thinking about it, is it bad? You know? No, it, yeah, that's not douchey. I don't think that's douchey. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it has made me think and it's made a lasting impression. So it's certainly art. <laughs> like it's Look, I am of the opinion that art is not a uh, designation of quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people think it is, mm -hmm. but I don't. Like, I think I, I think Halloween Resurrection is art. Yeah, right. It's not effective art in most circumstances, but I don't like people like that's not art. It's like, yeah, it definitely is. Right. Art is an expression. Right. Um. Yeah. But uh, so um, just for context, where are you uh, on the David Gordon Green trilogy? I'm I, I really, really like 2018 uh, Halloween kills. I get it. I know. I know all of the criticisms. I agree with them. I've seen the movie twice. I had fun with it both times. Fucking sue me. <laughs> like... I I am. Uh, like I said, first time I saw 2018 wasn't crazy about it. Rewatch, uh, I like it. B, solid B for me. Mm. Um, Halloween kills C, 
is like generous for me. I think it's C generous, because, but like, yes. For me, a C is because I still love watching Halloween movies in Halloween season. Like I just yeah. All you got to do is put those sleeves. We already we just talked about it, but there's so, I think yeah. there's a couple set pieces that are fun. I like I I mean it, it's 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 works better as a Friday the 13th movie with like I think that's exactly correct. I think that's exactly Because those are all correct. about the badass kills whereas right. Halloween movies for me were never about that. Right. They were more about creepiness and just um vibes i think but, you're 100 uh, correct that it's a friday the 13th movie right yeah uh, and but i if, had fun with that terms, if you take it on the terms of just silly enjoyment then the problem is that the heavy-handed thematic <laughs> shit that they do oh brian talking to talk about characters just saying theme out loud uh -huh. over and uh -huh. over oh my goodness uh -huh. it was it, that like really killed me in that movie. That was just brutal. So and dumb. The, it's so we're dumb. gonna get it. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. And Halloween Ends does some of that, but it's not anywhere near no. on the level of what Halloween Kills did. And I'm saying this as once again a guy who like I just I have fun with the movie. I enjoyed it both times I watched it. I just I have fun with the movie. It's dumb as a bag of fucking rocks. like. There are large chunks of this movie where angry crowds are chanting evil dies tonight. <laughs> that is like a recurring. <laughs> they go all in on it. Do you think it would have been more fun or less fun if Paul Rudd was able to do it? M more. I, I also agree. I, agree. <laughs> I probably also would have been more disappointed, though, simultaneously. That's true. That's true. Because I would be like, yes, fucking Paul Rudd is in it. Right. Let's go. Right. That would have been fun just because he already played the role. Right. And But I really can't picture him doing those lines. No. That would have been interesting to see. It's, I, I believe, like, <sighs> Green is, like, pretty open to, like, collaboration. And, like, maybe it would have been slightly different if Rudd was in the role. Right. Um, But, and I like... Uh, who's the guy who had the role? Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah, that was it. I, I yeah, I don't, I don't think he was a problem in the movie. I think no, I no, think I like him, but I do wonder if Paul Rudd would have made me like the character more, or right, maybe would have made it less heavy handed because it was like this guy's. I wouldn't have been like this guy's a fucking idiot right off right, the bat. Right, right, like, right, right. I don't know, but uh, oh, Brian, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Which I, I you know, I. It's Halloween Kills. It's worth noting, like, was probably one of the first movies I saw back in a theater. Uh, a right, bunch yeah. of friends and I went. Like, it was you know, it was me, my wife, uh, uh, my old roommates. Um, like, it was the first. Like, we're back in a movie theater. The movie theater is my one of my favorite things to do. And uh, we went to an Alamo Draft House. It was several rounds of drinks. <laughs> yeah, and it was just we just had a good time seeing the movie and like does that absolutely flavor my opinion on it a hundred percent you know what part of my frustration with it might have been is because i had just to prepare for seeing it rewatched 2018 and finally been like oh i do like that right so that just raised my expectations right. and then i go see this and i'm like fuck are you fucking kidding me which i guess like, or sorry go ahead 
No, I was just going to say, for me, Halloween 2018 is like, uh, in baseball terms, it's like a double. Like, mm. they hit a double. Um, Halloween kills is like, they just swung and missed. Like, big swing, but totally missed. And then Halloween ends, I think they hit it, and it went really far. And you thought, oh, is this going to get out? Is this, it's going, it's going. And then they caught it, like. I think that's a perfect analogy. That's a perfect analogy. The fucking fence, they caught it, and you're like, ah, nice try, though. That's a perfect analogy. Um, We'll get we'll get into Halloween. Uh, Nope, I've lost my thought. Let's get into Halloween ends. Uh, (laughs) We said that like 20 minutes. No, let's do it. No, I'm literally I'm literally about to prompt Zach. What'd you think about Halloween ends? Well, I just gave you my baseball metaphor, right? Um. It's a big swing, uh, bigger, probably a bigger swing than kills, I think, in a lot of ways. Because kills, even though it's a big swing, is still peppered with those set pieces that the, the core audience expects. Right. This movie, I would say the first hour of it is not a Halloween movie for for what people expect from a Halloween movie. Um, like... For example, I, in the theater I was in, there were two 11-year-old ch- children in this theater Jesus who I, I'm sure their parents their parents brought them or whatever. And I can't imagine being 11 and expecting like a fun Halloween movie and getting that. Which, to be clear, the part I'm talking about is my favorite part of the movie. I did this for the for the record. We are officially in like full spoiler territory of Halloween ends. We're just right. going to yeah, discuss okay. the movie. Just, yeah. I will I will put if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to see the movie, I will put a uh, time marker in the description uh, where we will get to talking about the CW television series Smallville, yeah. which is presumably the reason you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some overlap. So, look, the first 40 minutes, they they go in a completely surprising direction with the story, and they set up a new character that I really was interested in, and they really gave Lori's granddaughter a lot of screen time, and I was really interested in the direction they were taking her character, and I was excited. I was like, mm. oh, this is good. And then, ultimately, that all added up to absolutely fucking nothing. Right. Like, Right. They th- they set up a lot of great stuff, but I don't think they knew what they wanted to say, or maybe they were they were they had to also deal with this idea that it was a finale for Lori and right. Michael Myers. So it doesn't really work, but I'm glad I watched it in the theater, and I'm going to watch it again. Um, what do you? What's your take? You it's ahead. it's kind of similar. Of like I so I think it's my favorite opening that i've seen this year i did not oh yeah the opening the opening is fantastic so i didn't get a chance to see this in a theater um you know it life is busy right now where we're expecting a baby like it's tough to get out where uh also babies are expensive (laughs) yeah it's um i don't get me wrong i unambiguously support the theatrical experience and i support uh, theatrical exclusivity, but it was available on Peacock. It's not illegal. <laughs> right. You, it's not your fault that they'd made that choice. Right. Right. And the reality is if it was exclusive to theaters, we probably would have saw it in theaters this weekend. Yeah. I, but yeah. it was available. That's their fault. Yeah. Um, we didn't, we didn't do anything wrong. No, you didn't. Um, you, you support the cinemas. <laughs> 
Brian, <laughs> on quite a regular basis. So uh, no, so we we made nachos, we made popcorn, and we we had a at home movie night. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, when the moment where that kid, if you if you have no intention of watching Halloween ends, it opens with this new character who's a babysitter, uh, babysitting a kid who's a little shit. The little shit kid locks Corey into a into an attic uh or a room on the top floor of the house and we get a couple of foreboding shots of like this is on a third floor second floor of a house um but uh the cory our, our character here kicks open the door which knocks the kid back setting him falling down a couple stories and we see a kid's skull hit the fucking hardwood floor right as his parents are walking right as his parents are walking in i'm on my couch (laughs) i actually sunk down onto like my floor my hands in front of my face as my wife is going oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck The whole sequence is great because obviously it's a Halloween movie and this is maybe David Gordon Green's best sequence because there's just this feeling of something terrible is about to happen, but you don't know where the threat is coming from. You're like, is it Michael Myers? Is it the kid? Right. You know, because these movies, like they talk about the kid having nightmares. Right. So you're like, what are we doing here? And then... The way it ends. Didn't just, see it coming from a mile oh, of fucking way. Just, uh, oh, fuck. And yes. I'm still not over. I remember my mom telling me like movie basics when I was a kid. Um, and my mom is entirely responsible for my love of movies now. Um, but I, I distinctly remember my mom telling me the kid never gets hurt. You can't show a kid getting hurt. And like lately, we haven't been doing that. <laughs> oh man, that is not Speaking a congressional that- rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that is ties into the Halloween three discussion, which is why you should watch Halloween three. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but following this, Corey is kind of we we set Corey up to be kind of the pariah of the town of like you killed this yeah. kid and like we saw what happened we saw it was an accident but he was screaming i'm gonna kill you at the kid before he kicked the door open uh-huh and so his parents are like he's holding a knife he screamed uh-huh. i'm gonna kill you and the kid fell <laughs> yeah. it's real bad it's a real bad series of incidents um honestly it's a it's a problem when uh, your opening is better than anything else in the movie by right. far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is what, that's the one thing with a lot of movies have, they really shoot their wad in the opening. Mm-hmm. They like, and you know, you want to make a big statement and wow the audience and that's good, but only if you can match it with the rest of the movie. Sometimes you have that opening and it's like, Oh, I'm ready to go home. I mean that opening. That opening was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great," <laughs> and it's fine. The movie's fine. I, honestly, for the for the next forty minutes, I didn't think it was gonna be great, but I was like, "This is fucking solid." I was I'm re- I was really into the direction we were going. We so we follow yeah. uh, this babysitter Corey uh, through. His his life in Haddonfield of like he's got a he's got a little bit of an arrested development, 
Um, yeah. You know, it, uh, even though he seems to have it kind of put together in that opening of like we revealed. Well, like, he was going to go to like college on some scholarship or something they talk about. He had a bright future. Then this happened. He became the pariah because of Michael Myers and the evil. The town was like ready to attack the next monster or whatever. Right. They labeled him the next right. monster. It's a little far fetched or whatever. But that so that threat threw his life into a tailspin. Then he works at a junkyard or like a car yard with his stepdad. Right. He doesn't have fun ever because he feels guilty. And there's also an element of like the rest of the town kind of like represented by these like bullies who, who are like younger than him in high school, like won't let him go anywhere without harassing him. And they're in band, Brian. And they're in band. People were so, uh, you're not on Twitter. People are so perplexed, but like band kids being bullies. And like, no, I love that touch. It's so funny of like, Okay, so you're dumb and you don't know that, like, yeah, we're playing with things here, right? Right? Like, <laughs> right. Like, well, the kid has a Letterman jacket, and so it's a subversion because they're like, he's like, I'm in band. It's a joke. It's like, oh, you think it's he's fucking, the jock? It's a fucking but joke. Also, and it's, <laughs> also, they were fucking bullies in band. Yeah. Dorks are bullies too. Have you been to fucking high school? Everyone's bullies. They're Every, bullies everyone is bullies. <laughs> <laughs> there are bullies in every click in high school. I promise you. I've that. read so many takes about this fucking like the band kids are bullies. Like, yes, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean this unambiguously. You can tell them I said it. You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly there is probably like a hierarchy of which clicks bully the other clicks, but. There's there was bullies in the chess club. You know what I mean? Like there's bullies mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the, but like also we're playing with expectations there of like David right. Green's not like a fucking idiot. You know? <laughs> like, no, it was an intentional choice. Right. Obviously, right. He literally put the line in. We're in band. <laughs> he put that line in. Of um. There were fun choices, and that's the thing of, like, there are so many fun choices in this movie that, like, it's a little disappointing that it didn't gel into something, like, really right. good. <laughs> but... My big problem was, so they built, the first 40 minutes, they're building up this kid and Lori's granddaughter have a romance, um, but this kid keeps getting bullied and, like, ostracized. And then you can tell the movies where it's going, kind of. You're like, okay, so it's going to be a battle for this kid's soul between right. like Laurie and Michael Myers are battling. He for eventually this kid's gets soul. he eventually gets kind of tied up with Michael Myers. Right. I thought it was going to be like where he gets tempted and then Laurie saves him or something. Right. And that would be. So that's not what happens. He goes to the dark side about forty minutes in. He finds right. Michael Myers and his his his. Sewer cave. Sewer cave. Michael Myers. He see looks in his eyes, and this is where the I think the movie was too vague about what was happening. I didn't understand. Yeah. It's it seemed like oh he turned and then he's kind of back and forth. And does he have his powers? No. What's the I don't I didn't. Yeah, understand. I don't. Yeah, right. It was like I'm also like wondering like is there a I 
the thing I couldn't care about less in, in Halloween 2018 and Halloween kills, like is Michael Myers supernatural. I don't fucking care. I think, you know, he's just anything with like, Oh, so he survived this. He must be supernatural. I'm a little like, he just has a hard on for fucking murder. Like I, I don't care. Uh, he just fucking, he loves it. He loves murder so much that he can get through the pain. (laughs) Um, but like, yeah, it's a little like, so is it so what are, what is happening here? <laughs> right. Right. It because is the whole evil thing literal is it? <laughs> I the problem is I didn't buy that unless it's supernatural, I didn't buy that kid turning right Agreed. so easily. Agreed. It didn't make sense to me. Agreed. Like I get what they're going for, but uh if it's a supernatural thing, you saw as I some symbolic thing, I guess it kind of works, but and then the movie's really messy after that. Uh, right. Kind of a shaggy dog situation. Um, what does a shaggy dog situation mean? <laughs> I, I think, wait, am I, am I using that expression wrong? I've never heard Hold that on. expression before in my life. Hold on. Shaggy dog story. Let me make sure I have this right. Yes. Okay. A long rambling story or joke, typically one that is amusing only because it is absurdly inconsequential or pointless. (laughs) Um, That's not what I thought it meant, but that's close to what I thought it meant. I thought I thought it meant like convoluted. And I I would agree that it was that it was like it just didn't quite like. uh, I don't know. It didn't quite congeal into anything interesting, you know, right? Uh, which I guess frustrates me the most of like when it becomes clear that uh, that these two sequels happened because that 2018 one made money and we had a three picture. Right. We 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 set up a three picture deal so we had the option and like fuck it, Halloween 2018 was cheap to make, made a fucking bunch of money, so let's make those other two. <laughs> Supposedly, David Gordon Green said that they originally. Before they made 2018, they came up with two movies. And then because it was successful and they had so much story to tell, they made it into three. Mm. I don't know. Like, if what is this? What is the the combination between this and Halloween Kills? What does that movie look like? I, I don't know. Um, but that, like, the ultimate problem is that this ends like Lori gets a happy ending. She defeats Michael Myers. Haddonfield is freed of quote unquote the evil. Um, but like they, that doesn't that's not different than how 2018 ends. No, and 2018 ended. It was a better version of that. Exactly. Certainly. So it just kind of it just kind of circles the drain to get us to the same point. 2018. Right, ends. and also the way she beats him is because they have a fist fight and she wins. Right. Which it's so funny to see people on the internet. We talked about this a little bit before the show over text, but like people disappointed that there wasn't a more action movie just slugfest between sixty something Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, there kind of was. I don't know what they're talking uh, about. Right. You got that. But it's secondly, there. Secondly, that's that's not what these movies have ever been about. Fight scenes. Right. Right. Which isn't which don't belong in horror movies. <laughs> like no, it's I, I, like I said over text. It's why Freddy versus Jason sounded a lot better than it actually was. Right. Because you get, you see the movie and you're like, oh, I don't really 
want to watch these two guys fight. No, it's kind of mean? boring. It's a- <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. One. <laughs> like, uh, have you seen Freddy versus Jason in any like recent amount of time? No, I saw it in a the theater. I that movie is directed by the year 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Rowland. I, 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 um, I'm going to, I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning the language that I'm about to use. I want to be clear. Um, I'm about to use the F word in relation to uh, gay people. Uh, but I do want to like make it clear what is said. I don't want to be ambiguous about what I said, but Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child calls Freddy Krueger a faggot in that oh movie. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> Literally, like. <laughs> Wow. I, my jaw dropped. In 2003, that wasn't in okay. In 2003, that was, but like, I don't think I, re- I was a freshman in high school. I was out in theater and like, I was excited. It was the first time like I saw a movie with like friends and like, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a freshman in high school, but like people invited me to go see this movie. And I, so I like remember having, a, and I, I had not seen a nightmare in Elm street. I had not seen a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> uh, and I had a good time. I don't remember clocking that as like, not okay. Oh, I see. There was plenty of homophobic humor in all entertainment back then, but that word was a word you didn't say. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Apart from like rap songs, they use it. So like Destiny's Child, I guess. Which was a whole different like conversation, that conversation that continues to this day of. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which like, I, my jaw hit the fucking floor. (laughs) Oh, I mean that recently. there's a similar moment in uh, the second Bill and Ted movie. Yep. Where they use that. And I, I remember I watched that with uh, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time's kids because I hadn't seen it since. Yeah. It's like a kid's movie, kind of. And then it, that happened. I was like, whoa, <laughs> 1992. Did uh, you see the third one? No, I haven't yet. I got to. I unambiguously full all caps loved it i think it's phenomenal i'm sure sure it is i think it's the best of the and like don't get me wrong the 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 first one was on comedy central all the time so like i i have it basically memorized like i love it i think the third one is unambiguously the best of the three (laughs) that wouldn't surprise me i gotta i gotta watch it um any other um halloween ends thoughts um no, I would I would say C plus. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I w- it. I- it. Sorry, go ahead. My last question would: Have you seen Christine? The John I've never Carpenter seen movie? Christine. This movie, it seems clear to me, is heavily inspired by Christine with the character mm. of Corey. It's very similar to the main character of Christine and what happens to him in that movie. Interesting. Very I, I should. I, I would like to do a lot of like B list John Carpenter movies. Um, I guess I do have. I do have a question now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, would you describe this movie Halloween Ends as like notably different or like taking a swing? Yeah, I think it's a big swing. A big. I. My wife and I have talked about it a lot. Of like, I don't know if we think it was that far off like from the rest of the trilogy not as big of a like swing as like rob zombies halloween 2 is 
no, it's not. I'm not saying it's far off, but I do think it was. Um, you're he's going for stuff. You know what I mean? He's, going, he's it, like, it still felt like I. And I guess you're right. Of like you mentioned earlier, like the first forty minutes, like feel like something else. But like I wasn't. I ne- I didn't feel like I wasn't like watching Halloween. I think the big swing was that, like, there's no slasher movie stuff until pretty damn deep into that sure. movie. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I guess this is such a random, weird franchise that has so many different right takes. I mean, that's what I love about it. Like, that's the one reason I don't like the idea of like, let's do a trilogy or something. I just think like, I want right. like. I want people to get their hands on it and just go for it. I and agree. Come on, have fun with it. Um, I mean, if that's where are they going to go from here, Brian? They, I they guess, just have that, to reset. That's my next question of like, what would you love to see next from Halloween? Honestly, all I really care about if they're not going to do the Halloween three thing, which they're probably not. Also, let's um, be real. The, the right thing I want to see from Halloween is don't do it, but they're going to. So, <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> um. I just want you need Michael Myers, you need teenagers, right. and you need it to be creepy and atmospheric. I don't care anything like you, like they probably you're gonna do like he's kind of an urban legend at this point. Like, right. Did that stuff really happen? He's like the boogeyman, and then he shows up, which is perfect. Do it, go right. right. It's the just original. It the original title for Halloween, like they they called it. Uh, that it was changed from Halloween, but like in production, I believe, or at least in the script phase, it was just called the Babysitter Murders, and yeah. like yeah. that's what the movie should be, <laughs> right? But making it in Halloween was the masterstroke. Mm-hmm. Obviously, have it be at Halloween. Have those leaves. Have the yeah. have the theme song. Yep. Have the babysitters. Give me some good. Like get a horror person to direct it this time, and give me some really good set pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah some yeah. really good horror set pieces. Not that David Gordon Green's were bad, but like I, horror is a whole different skill. Yeah. Than other kinds of movies. So give me someone who knows what they're doing, and just let's have some fun. I agree. Let's have some fun. Let's Don't have some come fun. No more themes, other than. Monsters are scary. That's the only thing that you should have. <laughs> it's I'm not I, I'm not opposed. Right, I agree with you. I'm not opposed to like I like that 2018. Um, you it's like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's like it's about trauma became a meme on the internet. Um, but I, I'm not opposed to like 2018 looking at it as like what would have happened to this character. <laughs> Uh, right. And then kind of like expanding that lens out a little bit of like, what would have happened to this character? What would have happened to her family? And like, well, I mean, man, that does doing, reflect the If you're doing warrior. Jamie Lee Curtis again, you have to explore trauma. Right. Can't, but if you do a new cast, you can just have it be about scary monster. Right. Would you be opposed to a, uh, I, I don't think I would be, a scream thing where it was just a new guy in a Michael Myers mask? <laughs> No, I don't think, no, I, I don't think, I think so. I'd be fine with that, too. <laughs> it's the mask. The mask is that's kind of where I thought they were going with Corey. I thought they were that's gonna I like, I put over. I put my like mark down early in the movie uh, and my wife like was kind of into it. Uh, thought maybe I was onto something. I thought maybe Michael Myers wasn't going to appear in the movie. 
Oh, see, that would have been a fucking swing. Right? And I was like kind of into it. I was kind of like, is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing? (laughs) That's a better swing, actually. I thought thought the mask in the jumpsuit was going to show up, but I didn't think literally Michael Myers from the previous movie. No, Corey was going to be Michael Myers. Right. Like, they would have gotten burned at the stake by some of the fans. Right. But I think you and I would have been like, that was one of the best of the movies. I was kind of waiting for it of like, oh, he's not in this movie. It's they're just going to they're going to explore like, oh, it's going to keep going. But (laughs) that would have been ballsy. Yeah, he just finds the mask. Right. Because uh, Halloween Kills, like Say What You Will About It, does have this moment where Laurie learns like, oh, it was never fucking about you. Right. He's a psycho murderer and you were a babysitter. It was, you are not intrinsic to this at any point. I do like that. I like that as well. Yeah. Um, But, uh, all right, man. Uh, You want to take another break and then get into Smallville? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I got to pee. Yeah, I got to pee. Yeah, I'm going to get some more. Okay, we are back, and uh, we are finally talking about Smallville on this Smallville. Wait, a few more thoughts on Halloween. No, okay. I could, I could, I do. I have know, more. I know. I have a couple no things one I missed. Us wants that. <laughs> Nobody. It's very nice of people who like listen to this podcast regularly, who understand fundamentally that we need this. <laughs> it's not for them. It's for uh, us. I mean, they know that because they know we did a whole season when it literally was just us. <laughs> we were like lunatics in an asylum podcasting to a plant in the corner. <laughs> Which, man, weird things happen during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? To COVID's benefit, I don't think we would have realized this was viable. <laughs> We needed 22 practice before we got good at it anyway. I that's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Zach, this week we watched Talisman. It's the 20th episode of the third season of Smallville. It's the 64th episode overall. It aired May 5th, 2004. That's it. Are like, we, what are we gonna do when we get to a hundred, Brian? What we are we to gonna do? So, we we have to do something, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> A hundred episodes of a TV show is a big deal. Uh, yeah. And now imagine a hundred episodes of a podcast that has made no money. <laughs> yeah, about a TV show that no one has cared about for at least 10 years. <laughs> there, It's getting news now. And you know what? Yeah. I think that's because of us. I think we've... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're welcome, Talkville. <laughs> it's it was so nice of us to bring the conversation back so that yeah. you could do your yep. show just come on our show that's all you have to do to repay us uh <laughs> that's all we want that's all we want uh though actually from what i've learned no invite us on your show <laughs> right that's true yeah we want to go on their show but don't listen to our show where we criticize your performance no uh, on a no <laughs> don't do that don't do that and you know what? The best the best thing you could say to someone is don't listen to our podcast. So, 
Because you know who likes hearing, please listen to my podcast? Nobody. <laughs> no, yeah. that's Do not listen to my podcast. Don't. Don't. That's for you, Don't. Michael and Tom. <laughs> Don't listen to our podcast. You, if you invite us on our podcast, on your podcast, you never have to listen to our podcast. <laughs> which might be offensive to you and your show. <laughs> what if we went on Talkville and just talked about like Halloween. <laughs> we could. Michael Rosenbaum is a huge horror buff. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I know he's in Urban he's Legends. Big, he's a big horror buff. Uh, he loves horror movies. So we actually could do that, I bet. So actually, and have the a move. great time. Yeah. That's so like, invite us on Talkville and we'll only talk about Halloween. <laughs> Perfect. We will at Perfect. no point bring up the television Tom show. Tom Welling small. will be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, because Tom Welling was in The Fog, a movie we have both seen. <laughs> it is a horrific movie. That's true. There is horror. <laughs> there is horror, horror in physically had. watching yeah. that movie. <laughs> Uh, Zach, you're gonna have to remind me when the uh, the Smallville intro be- comes in because Jeremiah Holtzclaw and Joseph Willibrook are meeting Lionel Luther in the Kawachi Caves. I'm adjusting the menus on my computer. This is gonna be awkward for. We're a back in the Kawachi Caves, Brian. We're back in the Kawachi Caves, baby. This uh, might, I think, this might be the best of the Kawachi episodes thus far. It's a low bar. <laughs> I thought this was another banger of an episode. This is, uh, is this the longest stretch of good to great episodes Smallville's had so far? We'd have to go, we'd have to check the tape, but like, yeah, I think, so. <sighs> I think this is like five or six in a row of good episodes. Like I actually, I actually had the thought while watching it: Is Smallville just good now? It's eventually we'll hit the point where Smallville's just good, and like, I, I yeah, we have to be there. Yeah. We have to be there. Yeah. I think this is it. I think Smallville is good. It's still going to have clunkers once in a while, but I think those are the exception now. I uh, know I think episodes like this are going to be more the norm. I know like my first time watching it, which was in like Vancouver, uh, where we went to school together. Like it eventually hit the point where I didn't have to couch it anymore with like, it's silly, but I like it. Of, right, like yeah. It hits yeah. a point where like, this is good. And it makes sense that it'd be about now. I only hung on till season seven ish. Right. Well, that's we only had six was going on when we were at school. So right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, Professor Willowbrook introduces Lionel to Jeremiah, one of his graduate students, as the future leader of the Kawachi people. Lionel wants the two men to identify an artifact. Jeremiah seems excited when he sees it. The professor explains that it is an excellent example of ancient cookware. It is covered in clay, and Jeremiah wants to take it back to the museum to study. But Lionel insists that it must that it stay in the cave until he can thoroughly analyze it. It is funny the idea of uh, there's a. Have you seen the meme? of uh it's clips from or it's it's screen caps from attack of the clones uh and it's um anakin says something 
uh, Natalie Portman looks at Anakin like this thing, right? Uh, Anakin and then Padme asking again, the thing, right? Um, God, explaining a meme over a podcast, I've learned halfway through saying that, is the worst. Uh, an example of it is Anakin saying, it belongs in a museum. Padme saying, in its country of origin, right? And then Anakin and then Padme again, in its country of origin, right? <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha, yes. Um. Anyway, I just explained a meme, and now we're here. <laughs> what was that? What was that? That's, it's funny oh. of it's funny of Lionel being like it belongs here. <laughs> oh yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's it's a fun little moment because the the one guy sees the dagger or whatever and is like, <gasps> and the professor's like, "You fucking idiot! Why did you do that?" No, nope. he's like, "Be cool. It's just cutlery." And then the guy's like, "Yeah, no, it's just uh Can we take it though? Know who you're working with." <laughs> Can we take this with us? This normal, boring thing? The entirely normal, boring knife? Give it to me? Give it to me, though. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah slump, smashes the clay, revealing a, non, a long knife with Kryptonian symbols, which glows in his hands. When Lionel tries to take it from him, he pushes him, and Lionel flies backwards. The guards open fire, but the bullets have no effect. Jeremiah takes off with the blade at super speed. So the fun thing about when he knocks Lionel like flying through the air is Lionel lands in like the arms of four of his security team. Like it's almost like a cheerleading stunt team. Like he just flies back and they all just kind of. It's a fun little image. Ready for it. Ready for it. Yeah. The wires are going to go exactly to this point. (laughs) Lionel would have been dead if they weren't there. But (laughs) Clark finds Professor Willowbrook in his loft, who addresses him as Naman. This is. Is this the most? It's just like this is like literal white savior. It's like so bad. It's the most literal interpretation of white savior you've ever seen because this is their literally their savior prophesized and it's a white dude. When were we in Vancouver 2006, 2007? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then I checked this as like ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like this wasn't a thing I was thinking about that much at that time. I mean, you could. Yeah, no, there's no. There's no. No, there's no. No, there's no. (laughs) Uh, He shows Clark a book about the blade, calling it Palak, the Star Blade. Clark shows his dad and tells him that as legend predicts, Hold's Claw has been given powers by the blade in order to protect it until he can deliver it to the true Naman. Jonathan tells him that Jeremiah will probably not voluntarily give the blade back and Clark better find him before Lionel. Not before Johnny K has like two 
instances of skepticism in that same scene where he's <laughs> classic Johnny K. Like, no. One is he's like, you can't be bothered by prophecies on a cave wall. Like, okay, Johnny, Johnny K. Johnny K. And then he's like, when he, Clark tells him that the uh, the other guy got the powers and he could, you know, super speed, super strength. Johnny K is like, how is that possible? <laughs> I don't know, Johnny K. These things seem to happen, though. Uh, we also talked about last week, but this is uh, Jonathan Schneider's directorial debut, at least on the series. He knocks it out of the park, too. So, yeah, I, I will say it's he. It's mentioned in the wiki last week uh, that uh, he wasn't in that episode because he was prepping to direct this episode. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk out my butt for a minute, uh, please, because I have very 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 limited directorial experience. I want to say that, uh, but uh, there's a YouTube channel called Drawfee, uh that is uh, they're out there pretty popular, uh, over you know a million subscribers. Uh, we did a couple live shows. I directed one. I directed one of them. <laughs> I was assistant director on several of them. I directed one of them because the guy who directed all of them wasn't available and it was like, it's your time. Uh, and it was, you know, it's live to tape uh, and uh, had a very experienced engineer at the uh, in the booth with me who... If I said the wrong thing, did the right thing anyway. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was go to close-up, go to master, go to close-up, go to master. Very simple shit. And I still found it overwhelmingly stressful. So I'm saying that and admitting that, that it was very it was very tough for me. And I was very proud of the job that I did. Oh, yeah. That said, directing TV, I don't think is that big of a deal. <laughs> Well, like, it's kind of a working production, right? Like, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, I think when they have an actor direct an episode for the first time, I think they're protected. You know what I mean? Right, right. There's only so like, bad it can go. They're not going to let them screw it up. Right. It's more like they come to them and like, do you want to do it this approved way? Or this approved way. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, um, that's kind of the vibe I get. But there's definitely, I mean, like, there's some there's some great TV directors. Definitely, definitely. You know, like, certainly there, it is a skill. But I see what you're saying where it's also like a, it's a machine. I, a I forget, guy. I forget who was on it this was not talkville it was michael rosenbaum's other podcast inside of you which is very good and i like um god i forget who was on it but they were talking about how oh you can step on a tv set and direct any episode of it like uh, a any show that's been on for three years you can step on and direct on any tv set and michael rosenbaum who has directed several episodes of smallville is like, well whoa hang on <laughs> <laughs> I kind of took offense to it. <laughs> and like, mm, I maybe think it's on the side of you can't screw it up that bad. I mean, I think that's definitely the case of like Smallville when they were making these kinds of shows when right. they were making those. Now with these like big production, like these 
HBO extravaganza. Definitely like your 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 mini series based on a novel shit. Like that's right, yeah. Right. I definitely agree that's a little different. Um yeah. just just an interesting thing, I thought. <laughs> uh Chloe arrives at the torch to see an un- a usually affable Pete yelling angrily into the phone. She asks what's wrong and then notices that he's wearing the same clothes from yesterday. He begs out of his torch assignment and leaves abruptly. They're finally giving Pete something to do, and it's literally his second to last episode. <laughs> like, like this is a Pete storyline that doesn't have anything to do with Clark that I'm actually kind of interested in. And it's like, we could have been just doing these little things the nope. whole time. Nope, he's got to go. <laughs> he's he's out of here. He's out of here. Next week, Brian, he's gone. Is next week the last one? Wow. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow. Lionel is being treated for bruised ribs at the Smallville Medical Center. Lex arrives and asks about his assailant. He offers to help him track down his attacker, but Lionel does not trust him and asks him to let the matter drop. Yes. Brian, did you see did you see John Glover's shirtless body in this scene? I think I maybe missed it. I wrote down John Glover's body with an exclamation point. He is in fan fucking tastic. Do you think shape. he did some? Do you think he did a pump before? Uh... Oh, a hundred percent. But he already had to have been in great shape to look like that. So I'm sure they were like, "Hey, you're gonna have your shirt off in a few episodes," and he was like, "Okay, let's yeah. go." But he's looking real good. Um, it's great. This the shot the the. The scene opens, they're in a hospital room, and the nurse is wrapping his torso. And then Alex walks in, and then Lionel says to the nurse, like, can we have the room? Can you leave us? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, you're in the fucking hospital. No, we can't have the room. I have other shit to do. I'm going to finish hospital doing time. it. It's hospital time. Even at Smallville Medical, this. it's hospital time. And then I'm going to discharge you. And then you can have a fucking conversation out in the hall if you want. <laughs> um, this scene is uh, really well staged. I don't know if that was John Schneider, but the I hope it was. <laughs> the Lionel Lex scenes I find are generally really well staged because it's, I mean that's where the good shit's happening on this because show because it's constantly shifting power dynamics, like who has the upper hand, mm. and they are moving around each other, and the it's. You know, it's it, you don't think about it when you're watching it, but so much thought goes into right. where are they positioned to each other when they're in power, when they're you know on the run or whatever. Right. Uh, I mean, that was Schneider. Yeah. Um. Okay. Chloe is with Lana when she opens her letter of acceptance from the Paris School of Arts, but they have turned down her financial aid, so she can't go. Chloe suggests she asks Lex for the money, but Lana is reluctant. No, no. we're not even there yet. I'm just just thinking about where we're headed. Ugh. I know, but like, okay, taking this coldly, yes, you should <laughs> ask your millionaire business partner. Billionaire, Brian. <laughs> right. Yes, you should absolutely ask your billionaire friend if they can loan you $20,000 or whatever the fuck. Like, of course. Of course. But, uh, 
Later, Lana is surprised to meet a realtor who is showing the talent to potential buyers. Oh, we're just skipping way ahead. And okay, what sorry, the wiki's doing the thing where they, well, they're just they're just combining moments. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, she goes to the mansion where Lex is preparing for a party and demands an explanation from Lex. She is extremely upset, saying she doesn't want it sold because she put her heart into it. Lex says it is more profitable to sell the building than buy out her shares. And it hold admits- on, hold on. Yep. Before we get into the ew, ew, ew I want to mm-hmm. get a couple other things in. Mm-hmm. Um, the realtor, first of all, we missed a scene because they cut something out because Chloe's like, hey, you should go to Lex. And the next scene is like she's already been to Lex. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a scene where she asked Lex. But anyway, the realtor makes fun of the Egyptian decor. In the town, which I appreciated. It's uh, we've we've been this entire time. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Brian. I just want to get that because I once we start talking about the EU, I'm not going to want to talk about anything else. Okay. So Lex says it's more profitable to sell the building than to buy uh, her shares, and admits that he only kept it as a coffee shop because Lana wanted it. He suggests she is having second thoughts about leaving town. But Lana denies this. No, so the wiki, the wiki was like, we're gonna cut out some of this groomer stuff. Hit, hit, hit everything. Explain everything. He talks about how the 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 talent wasn't profitable, and then she says, you know, why did you keep it for so long? And he says, I thought that was obvious. Oh, looks, looks her Lex. deep in the eyes, and then he says, I did it for you. And then he lets it hang there for several seconds. And then he tries to turn it into because you're uh, great. She is in high school. (laughs) Get a job. Leave her alone. (laughs) So, but he tries to turn it to be like friendship and you're such a good person. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily that I'm. But it's totally grooming creepiness. Fucking creep. We know you're gonna marry her, you fucking creep. You fucking creep. (laughs) He says to her that in many ways she's the best partner he's ever had. Uh, (laughs) Lexifer. You're the best student I've ever I mean partner I've ever had. I mean, I mean, I don't even have a gross enough word for her. Oh, oh man. In the world, if you take this in the spirit that I think they intended, which is all these characters are the same age. Right. Some of them just happen to be in high school and some of them don't. It's still not a great. It's not good. It's not good. But if Bare you take minimum, it it's not good. If you take it literally, it's awful. And yeah. Lex is done for. Like, no more siding with Lex. It's <laughs> And I, I will say, I don't think this is something I read as like, and I'm, I'm seven, I'm 17 or 18 when I'm watching this. So arguably in the more intended demographic, maybe a little on the outs of the intended demographic, but like, wasn't reading me. It wasn't reading as bad as it is. No, because you never, you never, at least when I watched it, I wasn't thinking about Lex is older than these kids. Right, right. For whatever reason. Right. 
But like, ooh, 20-something and high school is a big difference. <laughs> like, it's a good storyline and and it's a good move by the writers if they're all the same age. To have him move in on Clark's girl. Right. But no, if, they, if, it's, if it's all she's, the same. Right. Yeah. She's a junior in high school. And you're an adult and, man. Get a and job. Lex is supposed to be like 23 or something, I think, at this point. Enough to be. En- I will say, like, enough to, like, if when I was 23, 24, if one of my friends was dating a high schooler, we would have been like, don't do that. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? Dude, I remember in high school, it was frowned upon or people made fun of you if you were like a senior dating a freshman because it was like, that's a big different time. Right. That four years is a it's lot. A big, it's a big time. In like, so, yeah, like uh, one grade was a big difference, but that was accepted. But like more than that, it was like, that's weird. You're dating a kid. It's so now, uh, now like there is a three year, maybe, uh, not quite four year difference between me and my wife. Uh, so I'm, I'm Lex. My wife is Lana, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's meaningless once you're, no, once right, you're right. We, we were both like, in our twenties when I met, when we met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's funny. The difference of just speaking of like the difference there of like, I can be like, do you remember this thing? And she'll be like, no, that, that was not a thing that yet. Me. Or yep. like, she'll be like, do you remember this thing that was really popular? I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> totally. That's like when people like, are like, Oh, you remember Pokemon? I'm like, no, it missed me by like a year. And that's that year makes such a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, I have no idea if Pokemon was a, a, a six month thing, a year thing, or like Power Rangers or whatever. Like, right. your perspective of time is so fucking different. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. increasingly getting smaller, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, the point is uh, when you're 23, you shouldn't date 17 year olds. You shouldn't do that. Or, six, or hit on them. Don't do that. Um, In fact, no so probably don't talk to them outside of like <laughs> outside of your business that you run together. <laughs> I was I was twenty three. I think when I decided I never wanted to date a girl who was going to have a twenty first birthday ever again. Yeah, I'm. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I distinctly remember that of like I, I was dating a girl who was uh, turned 21. I'm 23. I'm like, I'm never going to do a 21st birthday ever again for a girlfriend. For anyone, man or woman, whose fantasy it is to be with someone much younger, I I've never have understood. Nope. Don't get uh, it. I, I mean, I, it does not like I mean, at least not in like a relationship. I can't even I can't even fathom. No, nope. and that's not a criticism against young people. No, of course it's just not. A matter of being in a different stage in life. Definitely, like, definitely. I did all that stuff, and now I'm done with it. I, I don't want to go back to doing that stuff or watching someone else do it. Uh, I was in a, I was in my twenties, uh, and I dated a girl much closer to thirty than me, uh, and like it was fun. 
and like we were both having fun uh and then eventually she was like wow we are in different life stages and like like, it it broke my heart at the time but it was like now in retrospect now that you know i'm closer to her age like of like oh i I get it yeah (laughs) yeah i don't want to do those things you're fucking doing right Oh, it, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, Clark goes to Holds Claw's CKU office to find it completely ransacked. Lex is there, and Clark lies that he and Jeremiah were working on a term paper together. Lex doesn't buy it and asks Clark if he's aware of last night's events. Lex closes the blinds to reveal a symbol painted along the entire wall. Lionel is also on the campus, trying to bribe Willowbrook with a with a sizable grant. Zach, did you have a comment? The Lex Clark scene is fantastic. The I, tension. Go ahead. I just love good Lex Clark shit. I love. Well, I mean, we're, like I said last week and the week before that, they are just incrementally turning up the annoyance that Lex is having and the frustration he's having with Clark. And, you know, apart from his grooming behaviors, it's like, I'm totally on Lex's side in this issue because (laughs) the kid keeps fucking lying to him. So obviously like he's in this scene, Clark says he's there to like work on a term paper. And like Lex is just like, Oh yeah. One of those term papers you're always working on. Like and he even ends the scene by like, "Good luck with your term paper." <laughs> you lying sack of shit. It's oh, oh. When is the Lex Christmas episode? Uh season five. Okay, so we got a little while. We got. A we while. might like. I'm. I've been thinking ahead. Like, will we be close to the season when that? I think we might have a chance because we are going to be starting for like what in the end of this year. Right. Or like oh no, like probably November, and then we'll have four. Will take us through like the middle of the summer, and then five. That happens halfway through five. So we have a chance. Don't 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 write off. We have a Halloween episode coming up next week, and uh, then we have a, a a big chunk of your life is going to be different. Right. We might have a couple of <laughs> we might have a couple of banked uh, uh, evergreen episodes ready to go. Uh, but man, if we can make it work, if we can make it work, it's like, it doesn't have to like you, we have from after Halloween till Christmas to do the Lex Christmas. So there's a two month window. Right. Right. I think we can edit. I think we can hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. Willowbrook, Willowbrook warns that the blade will crumble if Sagith touches it. They run into Clark and Lionel exits. Willowbrook continues to call Clark Lemon, even though Clark asks him not to. Clark asks Willowbrook about the symbol, and he tells him that it's a diagram of a burial ground where the Koachi perform death rituals. They find Jeremiah at the burial grounds, and Willowbrook tries to convince him to give the blade to Clark. Jeremiah refuses, saying he himself is Naman. This Jeremiah is not happy to be in this white savior story. He's like, fuck this. I have a dark question that I didn't put together. Uh, 
first time seeing this. Now that I'm just seeing it written, is something about Naman. N-A-M-A-N. M-A-N. Is something about Na N A super? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what, but I'm really worried about it. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Right? Oh no. Super I'm real worried about it. Oh no. It's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Naman, it's totally Superman. I don't know what Na could be. (laughs) Oh, no. But if there's some tribe where that's potentially like, boo, no. That's the ultimate Nietzsche moment. It's the ultimate Nietzsche moment. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Brian. It's just seeing it written in the wiki. I'm like, man, oh, no. Superman, Naman. Oh, oh but hold no. on. We're just going to get to the bottom of this right now. <laughs> now well, we're going to, I mean, it should be in the wiki, right? You'd think it it's, would be in the wiki. I don't know. Like, there are so many like Native American languages, obviously. Uh, and like, oh. did they make something up? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Is I just... that better? <laughs> <laughs> Does it still count as a Nishi line if they made something up? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jeremiah, he seems to be aware that he's in a white savior story mm-hmm. and he doesn't fucking like it because he's like, this dude's not even Kawachi. Right. Um, he can't be the fucking savior of the Kawachi people that's fucked up. And uh, he's also like, the Kawachi is a real thing that's definitely not made up by Smallville writers. <laughs> so. Right. Um, Clark uses his heat vision to heat the blade, but Jeremiah is impervious and uses his own heat vision to blow up Willowbrook's uh, car. This poor, this poor old man is stuck in the middle of a, a heat vision boner contest. <laughs> He's stuck between both of their boners as they, like Jeremiah just got the powers. You think he's, he he can't even control it. He must be like. Right, right. He's, he's rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> I really like using my heat vision and I don't know why. <laughs> Just two guys with boners. Just, ah! And that professor's like, please, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> I completely forgot about the boners. <laughs> How could you forget about the boners? I don't know. I, I'm I'm in the wrong. Um so uh with the heat vision, he destroys a car, and I'm gonna write that down. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, Clark tells his parents that he's sure Holesclaw is going after Lionel. Thinking he is Sagith. And they should warn him. But Jonathan maintains that Clark must find the weapon first. He suggests that maybe Jeremiah might be vulnerable to the meteor rocks. So I got to piss. Sorry. 
Okay, go ahead. I'll piss too. Good, good thought. So, first of all, that car crash pulls us into a tie with season two for wow. eleven car. Wow. Yeah. Still nowhere near season one. Right. <laughs> season one had twenty five. But uh, so you think we got two episodes left? You think we get one more car crash and put us above season two? I hope so. I hope so. You'd hope, You'd hope the finale would have a car crash. You know, I, if the finale. I'm going to officially like, you know, like we have like a thumbs up of John Glover's in the episode. Thumbs up. If a finale doesn't have a car crash, I think it's a thumbs down. (laughs) Yes. Unless it's unless they have something even bigger blow up. Like it's like an airplane exploded. There's nuance. There's nuance (laughs) to it. But (laughs) so the scene you just read the summary of. Clark's like, we should warn Lionel that this guy's going to try to kill him. And Johnny K's like, no, I don't think we should um, because we don't want to tell Lionel or whatever. We don't want, like, you have to, you'll find another way to save him. But do you think there's any part of li- anyone at that table, Johnny K, Clark, that was like, maybe wait till after he kills Lionel yeah, right? to <laughs> warn him? Like, let him kill Lionel and then stop him from doing any more damage. That's a good idea, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there any part in Clark's head where he's thinking like Clark? That would make I don't my life think easier. so. I don't. He's now, Superman. Yeah, it's right. I I don't think Superman can like. But like, that's such a funny question of like Smallville Clark versus Superman. Because here's the thing: right. he's not Superman. He's, he's not Clark Superman King. yet. He's not Superman yet. And when he's on Red K, the true colors come out. Right. If he was on Red K, he'd be like, I, I don't think he would do it, but I think he'd be like, maybe we just, maybe he would say it. He would say, why would I try to save Lionel? Hey, huh? Huh? Um, how do you feel about, um, this is going to be the longest episode possibly ever, uh, but I don't care. I'm having fun. Um, how do you feel about, Tom Welling's insistence, and this is an insistence he has made on Talkville that he has never played Superman. I'm um, a little eye rolly about it. You know, it's an eye roll because if you've seen the show uh, after season seven, so eight, nine, ten, he's Superman basically. I he doesn't feel, wear the suit. But I he's even Superman. feel like now, even now, but like, yeah, but you know. <laughs> The thing is, he's differentiating between Superman and Clark Kent when it's like, what's what's really the difference? <laughs> yeah, they're the same guy. I don't know. Of I, okay. Here's the thing: because the Clark he's playing is not the fictitious Clark that he becomes when he's Superman. Right. Right. The, the Clark he's playing is Superman at a young age. Right. And, and like, and don't get me wrong. Uh, there's an element of, uh, the, the 17, 18 year old you met in Vancouver is not the adult I consider myself now, but that no. was still Brian Miller, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Of course. Of course. It's that, that 
part of me, that person I was, is a fundamental part of the the adult I became. Also, he's forgetting there are literally episodes where Clark goes to the future and meets himself when he is Superman. I didn't know that. When does that oh. happen? Oh, wait, he's not wearing a suit, though, but he is Clark Kent, like, Clark Kent, like, fake Clark Kent. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that. Yeah, you got a while, my friend, but it's a good one. <laughs> you got a really long time before you get to see that. I can't wait. We'll get there. Uh, Clark encounters Lionel in his barn. He tells Clark that he thinks the blade is made of the same metal as his miss as the missing key, and he intends to use the blade to make a duplicate. He tells Clark to remind Joseph Willowbrook that he can quickly turn loyal ally to formidable adversary. Clark recognizes this as part of the prophecy of Sagith, <laughs> a friend who will become an enemy. I wonder who Sagith could be. <laughs> I like that. The episode is kind of hinged on is Sagith Lionel or Lex? But who if the could... prophecy was that they were friends, it's not going to be Lionel. They I, weren't fucking who friends. Who could it be? <laughs> uh, Clark gets angry and kicks him out of the barn. He then goes to talk to Willowbrook, saying he thinks Jeremiah Holdsclaw is the true Naman and asks him to get in touch with him. Uh, back to the Naman thing. Um, part of this like white savior thing, this is a very problematic white savior thing. There was in season two, the woman who turned into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was Naman the, the name they used? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. So we were at least consistent with our own. They are consistent. <laughs> yep. Here. Yep. Uh, Willowbrook agrees and tries to contact Jeremiah and lure him to Clark's barn. Uh, Clark waits for Jeremiah in his loft, and when he arrives, he tries to subdue Jeremiah with a meteor rock. Unfortunately, it has no effect. Oh, no bullets. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Uh, Jeremiah throws the rock away and Clark tries to speed past him and take the blade but Jeremiah is ready for him and stabs Clark in the abdomen below the sternum Clark collapses on the floor of the loft and Jeremiah leaves in search of Lionel bleeding profusely Clark makes it to the house and attempts to call his parents but he passes out before he can make the call Later, Chloe finds Pete at the torch again. When Chloe brings up Pete's mother's consideration for a federal judgeship in Wichita, Pete lashes out at her. He says, not everything is public domain, Chloe! (laughs) Which, you know what? It's not. He's right. Uh, When Martha and Jonathan arrive home... Uh, they find Clark on the floor, bleeding to death. Jonathan administers pressure to the wound, and in, the, and in a burst of light, Clark's wound is healed through the power of Jor-El. But he remains it's, unconscious. It's a real Rise of Skywalker healing <laughs> moment. 
less offensive in a television show than, you know, a major Disney fucking funded motion picture. Yes, where there have been eight other movies and in the ninth movie, you're like, oh, yeah, they can heal people and bring them back to life. We could have waited a year, Disney. You could have blown it. You could have blown it past. You could have blown past the, the release date. You could have said, hey, this is going to come next year. We could have worked it. I no, know. They had the Happy Meals and shit. It, happy, <laughs> it's, it really comes down to Happy Meals and shit. Ugh. Um, we didn't even open the vault. That thing just slipped out somehow. That fuck. It was when you opened the vault earlier. Rise of Skywalker it's, snuck I, out. I'm fully. I, it's been X days since we fucking talked about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um. I appreciate that they're still using Jor-El as this ominous, ominous threat, this thing mm. to be feared, this mystery in the show for so long before he, you know, is revealed to be just like a good father, basically. But uh, his I love, I, yeah, I love that angle. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Oh, what if my dad is terrible? Right, and I, I think Terrence Stamp, great casting in that. Yep. Especially with that, like, of like, okay, what way? What way are we going with this? Uh, If anyone's not familiar, Terrence Stamp played uh, General Zod in Superman Two, a movie I haven't seen. (laughs) Ooh, that's one of the ones we should bank. That's one of our evergreen episodes. There we go. There we go. Uh, These people don't have that context of that, but we're talking about what what we have to bank. And uh, yeah, we should def. We should do. Should we do the Superman movies? I think that's the way to go. That's the way to go, I think right? That's the way to go. That's just the do the way four. to go. That's, that's that'll get us a f- four weeks. That's good. There we go. That's perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> We're discussing. I'm gonna have a child at some point between January and February, and <laughs> what do we do when I can't podcast for a couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I think we need to bank a couple of uh, Superman movie episodes. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. <sighs> Just finding where we were. Okay. When Martha and Jonathan arrive home, they find Clark on the floor bleeding to death. Jonathan admitters, pre- oh, no, we did this one. I did it. Uh, okay. Martha and Jonathan watch over Clark all night, and he wakes up the next morning completely healed. Against Martha's protestations, Clark goes to rescue Lionel at the burial grounds, where Jeremiah is preparing him as a sacrifice. The two fight at super speed, while Lex rescues Lionel, and Clark knocks the knife away, stripping Jeremiah of his powers and putting him in a coma. I thought he killed him for a second, because (laughs) it looked like that. They They say later he's in a coma. Right. Uh, the knife lands between Lionel and Lex and begins to glow. They both grab it, grab for it at the same time, but it dissolves at their touch. Great touch. Great, great, great little moment there. I love it. Because uh, then you, it's supposed to dissolve when Sagith touches it. So they both touch it at the same time. So you're like, oh, oh man, who can know? <laughs> If only any context would help us decipher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ancient native prophecy where not only is the savior white, but the villain is white. Of too. course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, what's important here is that the white people have co-opted whatever is going on here. Uh, Apprehensive, Clark tells his parents that the legend continues to come true, that one of the men would be his enemy, but he was unable to see which Luther grabbed the knife first. God, if only you could put together any context clues. (laughs) He admits he is not ready to face the possibility that Lex could be his greatest enemy. Man, do I have some news for you about the real estate schemes. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my favorite part about the Superman movies. In this show, it's more like it makes sense that they would be nemeses. But I love that Superman, the most it's like his nemesis is a little like con man. Right. A little schemer. <laughs> Just Gene Hackman going, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make some money. Um, I'm going to make an earthquake happen in California. And then there will be. <laughs> so there is a truly grown worthy uh, Nietzsche line there where Johnny K is giving his little pep talk. And he says, you know. You could be the world's savior, or you could be its most mild-mannered citizen. Fuck off. Fuck off, Johnny K. Fuck off. (laughs) People don't say that unless they're talking about comic book superheroes. That is mild-mannered, I I think now, is only in reference to Clark Kent, the comic book character. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jonathan tries to reassure him that despite what Jor-El or Willowbrook thinks his destiny is, it is up to Clark to choose his own path. He's going to choose both, Brian. He's going to choose both. And savior. He's He's going to choose both. both. Get it? Later at the Talon, Lex and Lana hold a partnership meeting to discuss another offer they received. Gabe and Chloe Sullivan offer to buy the place, keep it as it is, and let Lana work there again when she returns from Paris. She turns them down, saying she doesn't want anything pulling her back to Smallville. Yes, Zach. Isn't it a huge plot point in this show that Chloe's dad is recently become unemployed? Uh-huh. By, and and just put a just signed a lease on an or a down payment on a he just uh-huh. got a new house. Uh-huh. He just bought a house. He got fired. And uh-huh. they're gonna buy the fucking talon? Uh-huh. How much does the talent cost? I I just bucks? I distinctly remember, uh, so there was a, um, a not even quite strip mall of like a, a small strip of like, uh, near, near like the, the house I lived in when I was in like uh, high school, there was down a hill, uh, a strip that could probably fit three small businesses, um, Maybe two, maybe three. Uh, and uh, with a big parking lot. And my dad considered buying it. Not like, and seriously enough as like looked into like, what would that cost? <laughs> like, right, yeah. And it was very quickly like, nope, that's not a thing I can do. <laughs> right. Well, good thing he didn't. <laughs> um... But like, 
I'm just I'm just considering like my dad who you know has like worked hard and like you know just spent a lot of time in his career and like but like you know has had his lucky breaks and everything versus Chloe's dad. <laughs> right. I, she's hesitant to go to Lex, the billionaire to ask for money, but she's like, "Yeah, I'll take it from Chloe's unemployed right. dad." <laughs> but basically buying a business is very expensive. <laughs> An incredibly expensive process. Um, and uh, Lana won't do it. Uh, Chloe catches Pete sleeping in the office of the torch and realizes that he is avoiding going home. He confides, he confides that his mother is going to accept the position in Wichita because his parents are getting <gasps> a divorce. No. no. These parents who we've never seen before yeah, got a divorce. I think we saw his mom once when he got kidnapped. But. I think I think an actress played Pete's mom and never came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lex arrives at Clark's loft and speculates that if Naman exists, he could rule the world with his powers. He suggests that maybe Sagith is the true hero for keeping Naman in check. Yeah. You know, he he wouldn't be saying that shit if Clark had already revealed himself back in season two or something. Right. He wouldn't be talking like that. Right. But Clark pushed him. He fucking... Ever since that mental institution, it's no, no looking back. Like, it's too late. Lex is lost. <laughs> no, there's no bringing Lex back from uh, where we are at this point. Uh, featured music in this episode, Chase Me by Katie Herzig, From Afar by Red Letter Day, and Reason Why by Rachel Yamagata. None of these were familiar to me. No, no, not a big needle drop episode. A talisman, get this, is a stone ring or other object engraved with figures or characters supposed to possess occult powers and worn as an amulet or charm. All right, cool. Uh, Good enough. Let's see. In a deleted scene on the season three DVDs, it is shown that Clark misses his surprise 17th birthday party at the Luther mansion because he was mortally wounded by Jeremiah. This is what Jonathan and Martha are returning home from and why they're calling his name. When they find him bleeding to death on the floor, uh, when Lana goes to talk to Lex about the Talon, mansion employees are in the background preparing for the birthday party. Wow. Okay, wow. I was wondering, in the scene with Lex and Lana in the mansion, there's clearly preparations for a party going on in the background, and I was like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, wow. It's a deleted Clark's That's birthday. That's a pretty big scene. little uh, thing they cut out, but I can't imagine why they put it in the episode in the first place. I don't right, think. right. It, it, yeah, it seems like Clark's birthday, it, like especially at the luther manor it seems like it would be a good opportunity for like googly eye stuff why not save it <laughs> yeah. for an episode for that you know right interesting but also also i gotta say if i once it just if i were in the writer's room of this show i think clark having a birthday at the luther mansion would kind of ruin his little like hometown like farm boy roots right I don't know. Well, I don't think I would do it. He doesn't have. It was a surprise party. It wasn't his choice. There, right, 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 right. There you go. 
but like I, I don't know. I think I'd, if I were in that writer's room, I'd fight against it. Not that it no, matters. I, mean, I wasn't I think there. You and I would have fought against a lot of choices. <laughs> But also, also, I would have definitely fallen into the like, man, it's five o'clock. I want to go home. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Fine. Kowalchi. Great. Yeah. Kowalchi game. Perfect. (laughs) I'll see you later. Awesome. (laughs) I want to be clear. This podcast, I think, points out the silliness that comes in the cracks of a show like this. I don't think I'm blaming any individual like department in the silliness. No, we love this fucking show. It's just the reality of making a show like this. <laughs> yes, making cr- cramming out twenty two a year. <laughs> right. Um, this episode cranks out, or <laughs> I just association thought it said cranks out. <laughs> this episode contains a few references to Clark's future Superman costume. Jonathan rips open Clark's buttoned uh, shirt to reveal a blue undershirt. Just as future Clark rip, uh, rips his reporter garb off to reveal his blue super suit. When he wakes up, he has a red blanket over his shoulders resembling a cape. Jeremiah wears glasses in his mild-mannered identity before he gets his superpowers. Great. Great. Good job. Good job, Wiki. Uh, we have here exactly what you said. Jonathan says Clark could be world's greatest hero or its most mild-mannered citizen, foreshadowing that one day he would be both. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Michi! Uh, uh, Lex's alternate interpretation of the prophecy is similar to how in the comic is similar to how in the comics Lex Luthor sees Superman as the dangerous alien who must be kept in check. Similar. It is. That's what it that's is. That's just what it is. Um, uh, this episode was directed by John Schneider. It's the first episode of Smallville to be directed by a regular cast member. Um, and I guess that's everything. That's everything interesting. Um, this is the longest. I think this is the longest episode we've done. I don't know. Is it? It's close. It's as long. It's as long as the long one. But you're gonna cut out some bathroom breaks, so it'll, it'll be. It might. Be, it might inch out. I think it'll inch out a little shorter. But like, man, we're <laughs> we're in the long zone. Brian, we had to talk about Halloween. Yeah, and I have no. Gu- epi- I I love hanging out and talking. I do too. I look forward to this every week. And the the small boat part, we're always like this is a good one. It'll be quick. And it's like, Oh no, we just fucking talk and talk and talk. Yeah, so we love to fucking flap gums. <laughs> I personally like it when podcasts are long. I, yeah. If it's a good podcast. Yeah. It's like, I want to listen to it. I'm not saying this is a good podcast, but <laughs> I have a, I, I have a good like time it. recording it. And you know what? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> not, not fuck uh, you, Zach. Fuck you to anybody right, yeah, who, fuck, fuck, fuck you to anyone who's listened to a two hour podcast. It's like, I don't like this. <laughs> Fuck the hypothetical person who listened to this whole thing and didn't like it. Yeah. Like they're trapped. They're trapped under a bookshelf or something that fell on them. And this is fucking playing. <laughs> like, Alexa. Turn this the fuck off. Please. Please. <laughs> 
let's see. I have um, another podcast called Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. Uh, it's Wednesdays, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including any haunted radios you might have uh, in your grandfather's basement. Uh, let's see. I have a big Halloween stream coming up. Sorry we haven't been live in a little while, but uh, it's twitch.tv slash goblin voice. Uh, I'm going to be watching a bunch of spooky movies for 24 hours. Zach, you're definitely going to show up for at least one movie, right? Yep. Yep. Great. Uh, I'm not going to drink that much because it's going to be 24 hours. <laughs> That's a recipe for death. Uh, so we'll, we'll just see. We'll just see where that goes. Um I don't know, Zach, any final thoughts? And if not, do you have a question for the Smallville gods? I have a question for the Smallville gods. My question is, will Brian drink more than he's planning to? Oh, definitely. Oh, I'll tell you, definitely. (laughs) Look, man, I'm a man of good intentions. (laughs) But let's see what the Smallville gods have to say. Good night, everybody. Uh...